If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Life doesn't have a pause button. That's why Capella University's FlexPath learning format lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them if something comes up. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference for you at capella.edu. Playing to the Zephyr song. This is Are You Talking RHCPDB? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things red hot chili peppers. This is good rock and roll music. Music. For I like the idea of, are you talking RHCP to me? P to me? Is it RHCP to me or Remy? Oh, it's Remy, isn't it? Should I start over? It can be to me. I don't give a No, let's start flying over. God. Here we... No, no, no. Really? We'll start over. Yeah, here we go. Okay, we're starting over. Because I got the name of the show wrong, so we need to make sure that it's absolutely right. Perfectionists. Of course it's nothing else. <laughs> and I think nothing else. From um, Aerosmith? No, Aerosmith. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> From Aerosmith. Should the show be about Aerosmith instead? I was just thinking the yesterday, should it, should we have done Talking Heads instead? Because I was listening to those, you know how Pitchfork reviewed those first yeah. five albums? Oh, yeah. I was I, like, I mean... wow, these are great albums. Yeah, they're amazing. I would rather... <laughs> I would rather be doing that, but you, you would rather do, the, do. You would. You want to do the Red Hot Chili Peppers? You're the person who said, like, oh, I don't know. We should do the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, instead. the Chili Peppers. I mean, I, I like a lot of the Chili Peppers. But we didn't but even like. They have we, a great story. They have a great like. Yeah, arc. but we didn't even enjoy the last episode. <laughs> well, that's true, but it's also like their first couple. Yeah, but I should we just do a like a a Talking Heads one? I I would rather do a Talking Heads show. Quite honestly, you would really? <laughs> yes, because I'm I, no. I'm being completely honest. I kind of would. Would too. you? Would you switch to the Talking Heads if? Or I'm I'm sorry. I keep saying the Talking Heads. Would you switch to Talking Heads if we did? Hold on. Is this an episode of you talking Talking Heads to my Talking Head? <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> From E to Zimbra, this is you talking, talking heads to my talking head? 
the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Talking Heads. This is good rock and roll uh, music. Hey. Wow. Okay, so here we go. Welcome to the show. I guess we're. <laughs> I guess this is what we're doing. I. I am. Am. Uh, I'm way more comfortable doing this. I think. So that's. I think I am too. No disrespect, but I think this is maybe a little more in in the pocket, as they say. That's right. Um, Have you heard that before? That expression. In I've the never pocket? heard that before. What does that mean? Is that like when well, you're like Stuart Little? You know, traveled around in the pocket of some of his grown up. That is where the expression originally came from. Like the hmm. root of the expression is from Stuart Little in not the book, but the movie from the Michael J. Think, Fox movie. Yeah, Michael J. Fox movie. Stuart Little. Wait, lands is this in I Love pocket. Films? This is I Love Films. Yes. Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott, and this is Scott, and today we're talking about. C-ni-ma. Cinema. 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 That's right. Some of the greats. You have... Uh, I'm trying to think of And by other. cinema, we mean Michael J. Fox movies. That's right. So you have Secret of My Success, Cinema. Number one of all of them, by far, is Secret of My Success, Life with Mikey. Life with Mikey is bringing up the rear like the human caterpillar. That's right. <laughs> With and a, meanwhile, with, a, with meanwhile, its mouth on the butt. Meanwhile, life with Mikey is shitting in the mouth of Doc Hollywood. Doc himself. Hollywood, it's right there. Doc Hollywood, <laughs> and then Light of Day. What? Oh, that's right in the middle. That's right. Just that is Lucky Pierre, right there. <laughs> but today we are talking about Stuart Little, and that's you, you were saying something interesting before the show, Adam. What were you saying? Well, what I was saying uh, on the other program is that in the pocket, the expression in the pocket, uh, it's root causation in the nomenclature of modern uh, American life uh, is the movie of Stuart Little where Stuart gets stuffed into the the pocket and and he suffocates and he dies. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I would say a darker ending than usual for yeah. I Love Films. And those but those guys seem like big human centipede fans. Really into it, like comparing But, but one of them said to... human caterpillar, didn't he? Yeah, but that's a different movie. That's a whole other oh, thing. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, welcome to the show. This is episode one. Episode one of you talking, talking heads to my talking head. Um, and very excited to be doing this. We're going to be exploring yeah. all uh, th- that there is about the Talking Heads. Now, admittedly, we're not prepared to do this first episode, but I would imagine today we will be uh, talking about the Talking Heads, or, or Talking Heads, rather, a seminal debut album, Talking Heads, colon, 77. That is yeah. what we're going to do, right? what year did that come out, do you think? I don't know. There's no way to know. I think it was okay. prox- approximately... 201 years after 1776. Okay. So like the mid eighties. Somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, I am your host, Scott Ackerman. You may know me from comedy bang, bang, um, the podcast or the TV show director of 
the Between Two Ferns movie, other stuff, uh, the host of this show. You might know me from this exclusively. Um, but I do want to introduce my co-host. Uh, he is he's an actor, of course, but uh, I, I, he also is a producer. He's produced a, a couple of movies that are uh, pretty good. One in, uh, in which he showed his real penis uh, called The Overnight. And uh, also, uh, 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 the other one is uh, oh, I love that movie. What, what was it called? Uh, the um, with Jesse Plemons and uh, oh, other people. Other people love that movie. Great movie. So you were a producer on that. Did not act in it. No acting in that one. No acting in that one. And is acting? Would you describe acting as your first love? Would you say I have so many loves. You love uh, like inargu- inarguably. You love your wife. Inarguably, no one would argue with that if you presented it as a fact to a series of people. No one. Say there were some sort of like uh, a scopes trial. Right. And it was all based on does Adam love his wife? That's right. And you got some small town country lawyer to come in fanning himself with a newspaper. It's too hot. The, all the windows are open. There's a fan in the corner, but it's doing no good. It's hot no, in there. Absolutely no good. And there's a bunch of uh, uh, common sense folk there ready sure. to hear your side of it. They would leave the courtroom saying they proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that Adam Scott, as a man and as a human being on this earth, definitely loves his wife. I object, Your Honor. Wait, now you're the, uh, you're the other lawyer? No, I'm just, uh, just giving you a picture of what's going on in the court. And then the, the judge, a couple times... He has to bang that gavel and tell the prosecution to take it easy. He's walking a fine line. Oh, definitely. It's acceptable, but watch out. Uh, But I think inarguably, if you had 12 of our peers, our jurors, um, inarguably, you would have to say that I have love for my wife, for my children, inarguably. But they're, they're not your first loves. Before your children were ever just a gleam in your nutsack, mm-hmm. you, you, and that, and that is how you consider them, right? That's right. Ding. <laughs> you, before you ever even thought like, hey, I'll have sex with Naomi today, on the days that they were conceived, you first fell in love with acting. Acting, acting, acting. It was, those, those were the three on the list. And I got to say, those first two got knocked out by uh, my wife and kids. But listen, acting is sure is always, that's why I always say top three. That's what it's all about. Top three. Top three. Act, you've, you've always said it's your first love, but in terms of things you love, it's top three. Top three. So it used to be number one. It was the first thing you ever loved. Yep. Did you love it before your science teacher asked you that masturbation question and you loved masturbation so much yes is that number two that was that it was briefly replaced number one was briefly replaced (laughs) for about i would say a good two or three years from like age i don't know 11 through 14 two or three maybe i won't be a professional actor i'll just be a professional masturbator (laughs) yeah it's like wow i'm getting a lot done (laughs) very good at this Well, wonderful. And, uh, you know... That's why the first thing I ever said to Naomi was, now acting is number two. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you saw her from across the room at that party. Was it? Uh, uh, it was at the, the Cat and Fiddle, was it not? That's right. And I walked right over, <laughs> and, and you I said, said, "I said I have a new, <laughs> I have a new, <laughs> a new number two. <laughs> and then you, that's Walk. what I said. <laughs> then you and walked then right I, into the bathroom. <laughs> I ran to the bathroom, and then about 10 minutes later, I came out, and I was like, as I was saying. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Uh, Good shit. Oh, Oh, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. By the way, uh, Adam Scott is here. Hello, Adam. Hi. Hi, Scott. (sighs) Ah, <sighs> so first episode, you talking talking heads to my talking head. Yeah, and uh, Adam, it's great to see you. And oh yeah, you're, you're back in your closet, and your closet of uh, 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 apparel, <laughs> and you're That's wearing. Right. I have to say, you're wearing the exact same thing you were wearing our last episode. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> you, you are. You look like if uh, the members of Franz Ferdinand were convicts. Yep. Because you're wearing like a, a scoop neck sort of uh, t-shirt, and uh, it it has a black vertical vertical stripes. No, they're horizontal. Sorry to say. What's a what's a scoop neck? Well, I don't know whether that technically qualifies as a scoop, but it's uh, it's definitely like a half a circle. You know, is like any be... opening at the top of a shirt. Well, you know, you have a V. This is not a V neck, though. I, I'm saying. The types of shirts. Oh, sure. Have. There's a V-neck in the world. Yeah. You know, you know a V, right? You saw a V for Vendetta. That's the first time I had seen a V. But yes, I've seen a V because I saw that movie. It is really interesting. The the main protagonist of V for Vendetta is wearing a very deep V-neck the entire time, right below his Guy Fox mask. By the way, have you seen the Guy Fox style uh, COVID mask that is? I did. Yes, I have seen that. You know, when I, when I went to Japan last year, or the year before, you know, like a third of the public is wearing masks, but they're, they're all, they all look like the medical issue surgical stuff. Right. Meanwhile, I, I walk around and I'm wearing like basically a bank robber's mask. Yeah. The entire time. That's what it, that's what it seems like. And I can't help but like, you can't s- smile at people right. to say, I'm not a threat. So you just look like, you know, a weirdo. Everyone looks like a, a weirdo uh, criminal. Who's going to rob you. Yeah. At best. That's why when I'm out walking the dog or whatever, you have to go out of your way to like wave and yell hello just so people don't think you're grimacing at them. Yeah. You have to basically go out of your way to take off your mask, go up to them, say, I am not a threat right in their face. Just walk right up to them, pull your pants down <laughs> and say, <laughs> I have a new have number a new two. Number two. <laughs> Okay, we are talking about Talking Heads, a great New yeah. York band uh, from the from New York uh, from from New York with the fifth character in a lot of movies, and um, we're going to be talking about their debut album uh, without any sort of um, <laughs> any sort of prep work at all. Well, uh, none at all. But I also think that we're both. We, would would you say you're a fan? Well, we can also talk about well, this. Well, fan is we... short for fanatic, and so... Oh, God, you're right. I Yeah, I definitely think that I'm a fan. But, um, Me too. you know, 
I we we take this job very seriously. We are, of course, the comprehensive and encyclopedia compendium of all things Talking Heads. And normally, we like to do a lot of research. And yeah. uh, I mean, we're kind of like uh, you know musical detectives. Would you? Yeah. Would you not say? Yeah, we're like the Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer of uh, of uh, music podcasts. Okay, so most most television detectives. Yeah. Their name is a is a gun. Have you ever noticed that? No. So Magnum P. Magnum. Okay. Yeah. Who are some other detectives? Matt Houston. Eh. Simon and Simon. Well, Simon and Schuster is definitely a bookseller. So that that may be the exception that proves the rule. But I would imagine they've had a book about guns at one point. That's true. Yeah. I'm gonna look up uh, television detectives. Luther. There you go. Luther. Luther. Mainly during the 50s, 60s, 70s, and early 80s, it seemed like every every guy was a was a name of a gun. And I know Kojak doesn't count. The Rockford Files. Ah, God, why why did I there, look there? Peter Gunn, Remington Steel. There we go. Remington. There you Steel. go. There you go. Peter Gunn. Psych. Psych. Inspector Montalbano. Uh, the Mod Squad. The Mod Squad. Oh, See, Columbo. Is Columbo. Columbo? Yeah, of course, Columbo. It's named after a gun. But Spencer Mike, for hire. Spencer for hire. The Spencer. The Spencer gun. But uh, but Mike Hammer is named, and you're never going to believe this, after a hammer. Like the hammer of a gun. That's uh, that's a good point. It could be. Oh, uh, Crockett and Tubbs. There you go. Crockett and Tubbs. Or uh, uh, I mean, other detectives who are named after parts of a gun. You have uh, barrel and trigger yep. and handle. You have gunpowder uh, PI. Gunpowder PI. <laughs> Hello, ma'am. The name's gunpowder. <laughs> gunpowder PI. Can I come in? <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's Mike Hammer is, is, if he's not named after the part of the gun and he's just named after a hammer, he's not even named after a brand of a hammer. Are there, are there hammer brands? Oh yeah, there's all all different kinds. Craftsmen. Okay, so say we're on a game show, right? And look, you've hosted a game show, so you know these things inside and out. That's right. But we're on a game show, and and they come to me and they say, "Okay, your partner is Adam Scott. How many hammer brands do you think he can name off the top of his head?" And then we we go into a name that tune style back and forth with the other team, and I, it finally gets to me, and I say. Adam, name three hammer brands that are not craftsmen. Right. Can you do it? And we're, by the way, we're going to win $13,000. $13,000. Okay. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. This does remind me of uh, the game show I'm hosting called Don't, which... Is that, by the way, the, the title of that show, is that what you should have said when they asked you to host that? Or... <laughs> no, no. What your, I... agent, what your agent told you? <laughs> Um, top three, Reynolds, uh, uh, Davidson, uh-huh. and the third one, oh, uh, Strawberry. Hmm. Okay. Because Daryl Strawberry had a, uh, a gun hammer company, ran it into the ground, so it's probably not on Google or anything. Wait, you're doing gun hammer brands? Yeah. Oh, are you talking about hammers? Normal hammers. Yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can do it off the top of my head. You probably have a Stanley STHT fifty one three zero four. 
You could do a Stiletto Tools Incorporated TB15MS. Maybe a MaxCraft 60626. Wow, you're really rattling these Probably off. an S-Wing E3 uh, 16S. Stanley 51106. You're forgetting the Tecton uh, 30403, though. I, w- I mean, I wasn't forgetting to it. I think I was getting to it. Oh, sorry, man. Not forgetting, but getting. Of course, you have the original Pink Box PB12HM. The original Pink Box. Oh, well, that's, as everyone knows, the best hammer. Of course. Best hammer overall, I would say a Stanley 20-ounce Fat Max Extreme Claw. But maybe, if you're if you're looking for a soft face hammer, probably a Vaughn and Bushnell 12-ounce soft face hammer. The best. Titanium, if you're in the market for titanium, you probably want to go Stiletto, T-Bone. Sure. 15-ounce titanium mace uh, uh, milled face, mm-hmm. probably. Or uh, if you're framing something, an S-Wing 25-ounce big blue framing hammer probably is where you want to go are you are you in the market to frame anything sir uh yeah 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 i'm working on a new frame for just an add-on to uh, my friend's my friend's house i know the most expensive hammer is a picard's carpenter's roofing hammer but you don't really need that Uh, i would go down with the coal bar hammer probably if you were trying to do that um maybe the atom designs s2 framing hammer you know that's a pretty good one for the money yeah okay I mean, if you're looking for an S-Wing, though, I would say an ultra-framing hammer or a straight-claw framing hammer hammer with a vinyl grip, probably. That's right. Um, If you want to weigh it, 16 to 20 ounce is pretty good for DIY use with 16 ounce good for trim and chop use. Maybe 20 ounce is better for framing and demo, but um, if you're just like a DIYer or or just, you know, generally going to be using a a hammer, I would say smooth face. Yeah. Because it's not going to mar your surfaces. Yeah. So what can I get yeah, for I you? I think can so. I, I think I think uh, all of the above. All of them? You want all of all these? All of them. Let's get them all. And uh put just put it all in one bag. Uh one bag. Here's here's my credit. Do you do Apple Pay? I'll do Apple Pay and we can wrap up this bit. I don't I don't do I don't do Apple Pay. No, sorry. Oh, uh, okay. Here, here's my I'm sorry, the the bid has to keep going. Okay, here's my American Express. Do you do you take We uh, don't American take American Express. Express. We take Diners Club. If Diners you have that Club. or or discover. Discover. I don't have discover. I have I can write you a check. How about that? How about I write you a check? Could it be a uh traveler's check? We take traveler's checks. I don't I of course left my traveler's checks in Europe. Uh huh. I keep them in a locker only in Europe. Uh huh, I don't know. I, don't, I it looks like I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go uh just get cash uh we don't from take the cash. bank. We don't take cash. You don't take cash. Okay. No. Um, We're a cashless, cashless business. But you only take D- Diners Club and Discover. Yeah, Diners Club, Discover, Traveler's Checks. Um, I mean, it comes to, we, we mentioned 30 hammers. So this comes yeah. to approximately, eh, probably $42,000 around. $42,000 for how many hammers was 30, that? 30 hammers. 30. Yeah. So that's more than $1,000 per hammer. Yeah, but I mean, some of them obviously are $5,000 and some of them are like $25, you know. Okay. It just yeah. kind of all averages out. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. Okay, you know what? Let me go apply for and get a Discover car and, and uh, just to be safe, we'll get Diners Club as well and I'll yeah. be right back. Okay, when can I expect you? Should I wrap these up and have them waiting for you or? Just wrap them up, have them waiting. Uh, one bag? You, you said you wanted one bag? One giant bag. You want a giant bag? I mean, I don't think I need a giant bag to put 30 hammers in. Oh, okay. Well, whatever a large size bag, bag. Would a large bag do or? That'd be great. 
yeah, I don't have any giant bags here. Usually we, we put stuff into like five bags if there's a lot of product. Yeah. Five normal size bags. Sure. Let's do that. You'd rather have five bags than the one bag? What What I would like is for you to use whatever amount of bags makes you as a merchant of hammers happy. I Look, the customer's always right. I want you to be happy. So oh my God. I'll wrap it up however you want me to wrap it up. Okay, five bags. Five bags, so six hammers per bag, or do you want a different number of hammers? I want six bag? hammers per bag. Exactly six per bag. Yes. All right. And, and I'll be back with my credit cards in uh, 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> you, can, you can apply and get a Discover card in yes. 15 minutes? Wow. Okay. That's right. Can I go? Do you mind if I go with you? Ugh. Yeah, uh, no, you know it's what? My, I have it's to, my break time, and I'm I'm looking for uh, like a friend to get lunch with. But I have to friend. run a couple other errands real quick. So, oh, cool! It, I like errands. Be, no, it would be tough to to do it because I I'm riding a, a unicycle, and that's how I get around. And how so fast do you go on my unicycle? Yeah, because I can run pretty fast. Probably, yeah, it's a, I can run, it's an electric unicycle. I go like thirty miles. I can an run hour, thirty so. miles an hour. Oh wait, what did you say? I said I go about 30 miles an hour. I can hour run only. 30 miles an hour. I'll just run right alongside of you. No, there's That's no great. human being who can run 30 miles an hour. Do you want to test me? Yeah, let's go test this out. Okay, so now exactly around the block is one mile. That's right. So you time me. If I can and run- in one hour. <laughs> no, I can run 30 of these blocks in one hour. Okay, let's do it. So it's if it takes two minutes for me to run around the block, I've run 30 miles an hour. Okay. All right. Ready? You ready to time me? Yep. Here we go. And... Do you have a starter's pistol? Yeah. I'm about to fire it. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. And... <laughs> wow, he's really fast. He just disappeared. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Press time. Time, press time. I mean, that was literally like 12 seconds. I got faster? Yeah, you're I, no math whiz, but. I think I was running at like 180 miles an hour. I think you're right. Oh, how's the fastest I've ever gone? You can come with me to run my errands. Okay. Do you, all right. I am so out of breath. Wait, where, where, where are you going? Well, aren't you going to come with me? Oh, you right now? I have to unlock my unicycle. It's locked up. It's over here on the lamp post. Wait, right now? I can't go right now. Oh, when can you go? Can we do this... Um, Tuesday? Yeah, I can do Tuesday. That's fine. You can do Tuesday? Okay. Yeah. You want to just wait here till then? Sure. Cock-a-doodle-doo! <laughs> oh... Uh, oh my god. I forfeit. <laughs> I got you to forfeit. I got you to forfeit. <laughs> oh my god. We are talking about the talking heads. We need to take a break if that's okay. We are going to come right back. You excited for this, Adam? I'm really excited. And you know something I've noticed that I do too is it's going to be something 
throughout this journey that we're about to take, Scott, uh, this being the maiden voyage, sure. uh, <laughs> we're going to have to be aware that we don't call them the talking heads. Yeah, it's, I got to curtail my instinct to call them the talking heads because they I are feel just like simply I talking keep, heads. I feel like I keep doing that too. And it's just, it's just not part of their name. It's not part of their name. And that is something that you will probably learn on this show as well as maybe band member names. I have no idea. No problem. We need to take a break though. When we come back, we will have more or you talking, talking heads. No, you talking, talking heads to my talking head. We'll be right back after this. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Welcome back. You talking talking heads to my talking head. Here with Adam Scott of the Scott family. <clears throat> Are you from Scotland? Is that why you're called Adam Scott? Uh, part of my family was from Scotland. Yeah, Scottish. Uh, Scottish people are from Scotland. And my last name is Scott. Uh, you can find some sort of direct link there. <laughs> sure. If you're looking hard enough. If you do the work. Yeah, sure. If you do the math. Yeah, but it has to be you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my name's Scott, of course, and I have no idea if uh, any of my ancestors... I, I believe I was named Scott by my parents. Um, there was some story that they were telling me about how uh, my mom... This this was with my brother, I believe. How my mom said what she thought the name should be and then told it to my dad, who then had to walk like down a hallway and go and tell the people. And by the time he had arrived... At the place where he had to tell them he had forgotten what it was, so he just said something else. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. And so when when then when my mother was presented with my brother's like birth certificate or or said, Hey, here's here's uh little uh, uh Greg. Scotty boy. Well, no, this was not me, this was my brother. Uh she said, What happened? And he said, Oh, I kind of forgot what you said. <laughs> And I was like, well, Jesus. you can change it at that point, but they, they thought it was too late. So your dad, he r- walks down the hall and everyone's like, what's his name? And he goes, Scott, just because he couldn't remember. <sighs> Adam, you're going to have to listen to me when I say that this story is about my brother. <laughs> Please, <laughs> not about me. My name is Scott. And your brother's name is also Scott? Okay. All right. We... Uh, we... <laughs> have to abandon this <laughs> okay All right. i'm the I'm one fine. giving up i'm now. fine letting this go i'm fine letting this go. <laughs> um we're here talking about talking heads and uh, a, a a wonderful sidestep maneuver here into a, a band that i think both of us uh are perhaps more into uh you ready to talk about them you ready to talk talking heads y-e-a-h here's what i know about their history and when i say here's what i know i did a cursory search during our break um, for a little bit of Fantastic. info. Okay, you have um, uh, 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 four members of the Talking Heads, or Talking Heads, rather. That's the first thing we should talk about. There's no the, there's no article. 
Um, you have Lil Davy Byrne. Lil Davy Byrne. Lil Davy Byrne. Or David Berg. David Berg. He may that's the thing. I could not tell if he is Jewish. Um that's he not might be. what I was poking around for, by the way, just so what we're did, clear. <laughs> what did you why did you say Berg? You immediately thought I was on some sort of Jew hunt? <laughs> When I said, <laughs> "Isn't David that your Berg. side hustle?" <laughs> it is. It is. It is. So that's fair. Um, we also have. Um, okay, well, let's start with Davy Davy Byrne. Um, Davy Berg, born in in where your ancestors are from, Scotland. Hmm. Can you believe it? He's not uh, a, a native to this land. Huh? That's all it gets. Is huh? Very in- Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Moves to Canada. Uh-huh, Canada, sure. <laughs> and then near Baltimore. All Ooh. when he's a little kid. Okay. All right. Grows I up. Believe it. Grows you, you believe it, okay? One thing I'm saying is a lie, so you have to pick out what it is. Okay. He grows up uh as as a kid, is interested in music, plays a lot of instruments, has two penises. Hmm. And then at a certain point, he's in high school. And they won't let him join choir, I believe, because they say he's too introspective and he's off key. And uh, he graduates high school. I think he has a high school band, which doesn't go anywhere. Um, He pees out of his two penises, you know, uh, every day, pretty much. And then um, he goes to art school. He goes to Rhode Island Art School, where Hmm. he meets another guy, uh, Chris I, I know I'm gonna mispronounce this, but Chris farts. Oh yeah, with a Z on the end. With a Z, yeah, at the end. Chris farts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy too? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Tell us about Chris farts. No, but what's crazy? I want to hear what's. Wait, is this an episode of What's Crazy Too? Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to What's Crazy Too. This is Scott. And this is Scott. Listen, this is crazy. This is not the podcast where we're talking about crazy things. This is what's crazy in addition to the crazy things that are already out there. But it's also the sequel to that other show. Sure. So of it's course. What's Crazy, comma, two, T O O, with a yeah. giant two after it. Exactly. What's Crazy Tutu, <laughs> like Desmond Tutu, which was the sequel to Desmond as well. That's right. The, the crazy thing, other than Chris Farts. <laughs> <laughs> being in the band is it george harrison is in this band george harrison of the beatles is also in this band which is nuts as far as i'm concerned that's crazy too and a, a lot of people by the way great app i'm gonna just close it off here because sure. you said our you said our title and i realized i should have cut it off so we'll see you next time thanks bye bye Good app. Yeah, solid. Confusing premise, maybe, <laughs> for a show. A little bit. We have some work to do on the like art of, sure. of the show. But a lot of people, it's so funny because you 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 hear all these jokes about like, oh, who were the Beatles? Oh, you know that band that Paul McCartney was in before Wings? You know, you hear a lot of yeah. jokes oh, about yeah. people that. People are always saying about But no one ever makes that. the jokes, you know that band that George Harrison was in before Talking Heads? Right. I don't know why that is. You know, Talking Heads are arguably more successful than Wings. I find it weird that people don't talk about George Harrison's like other super successful band more. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, but yeah, George Harrison. It's crazy too. Uh, guitarist for the Beatles is in Talking Heads. What's interesting about this person is they have a part of a head, which is in Talking Heads, in their actual name. Part of a head in their name. Okay. There's there, what 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 would you say is on someone's head? Like what what do you what would you consider the parts of a head to be? Uh, sweat. That's right. Tina Way sweat <laughs> huh. is in the band. That's cool. <laughs> I can't think of any other parts of a head. Touch your own head. Sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, forget it. It's very hot. Very, very hot in the closet. Um, So, so, little Davey Byrne, he meets Chris Fartz at at the Rhode Island uh, art school. Yeah. And um, then he drops out and he goes to a different art school and drops out of that one and eventually moves to New York City, the fifth character in a lot of our favorite films, uh, Manhattan, certainly, Gangs of New York. I mean, uh, the titular New York. Sex in the City, too. Sex in the City, of course, the fourth woman. Um, I, You know, people say, are you a Carrie? Are you a Samantha? I say, I'm New York. Yeah, really. How about that character? Arguably the main character of that show and the movies. Uh, the seventh friend as well. Oh, absolutely. Maybe the eighth. Gunther was the seventh friend, don't you yeah. think? Oh, we should mention how Chris Farts and Tina Waysweat um, <laughs> meet, which was she was in an art class uh, there at the Rhode Island Art School, and uh, she was painting something. Chris Farts saw her from across the room and said, oh, wow, she's really cute. Um, and before he could get to her, his roommate went up to her and he goes, oh, I've missed out. And his roommate looks at what she's painting and he goes, wow, you have no idea what you're doing, which is sort of like a pre the game neg. Yeah, it's a full neg, <laughs> full neg. And, and kind of, she scowls at him and, and then Chris Farts <laughs> walks over and says, pardon me, pardon me. I, I apologize for my roommate. He's an asshole. And he strikes up a conversation with her. I'm Chris she, Fart. I'm Chris Farts. <laughs> She's like, our conversation is over. Goodbye. <laughs> um, anyway, she has a boyfriend and thinks he's gay. And uh, But he becomes her friend. And then she breaks up with her boyfriend. And he takes her out one night and makes it clear that he is interested. And they have been together ever since. This is like a long, long relationship in rock and roll music. Sure, it's a rock and roll love story. So they all moved to New York together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're living in a studio apartment together. At one point, Lil' Davy Berg comes over all excited because he has this song he's uh, started to write called Psycho Killer. Mm-hmm. And he needs someone who speaks French to write some lyrics with him. And he knows that Tina speaks French. And so she gives him some uh, uh, French lyrics that he can use for this. And they all kind of realize that they work well together, that they're all on kind of the same wavelength. So they want to start another band because uh, Chris and and little Davy Berg were in a band called The Artistics together, which broke up. They want to start another band. They can't find any bass player in New York. And so Chris says, well, what about Tina? She could learn how to play bass. So 
little Davy Berg is, he's a taskmaster, apparently. He makes her audition three times. He teach, he sort of helps her and teaches her how to play bass, but she learns bass by listening to Susie Quattro albums. But he and, makes her audition. But he makes her audition several times in order exactly to prove like that she's good Exactly like someone enough. who started a band called The Artistics Wood. <laughs> um, but in six months, she's like suddenly a great bass player. Yeah, she's a fantastic bass player. Yeah, she's amazing. They kind of had no intention of starting another band, but they happened to be at CBGB's, the legendary club in New York City that has closed down, and they saw the Ramones... And they were like, oh, this is like a brand new kind of thing that's happening. And they realized they should start a band. And they had their first gig opening for what band would you guess, Adam? The Ramones? You are right, sir. The Ramones. So going from being inspired by them and seeing them and saying, hey, we should do this too, to opening for them, I think it's six months or something. Uh, and, and they became a part of the CBGB's cultural movement there in New York. Pretty cool. Now, they they started in the mid-70s. I think they started somewhere around 74, 75, something like that. And they became, you know, pretty well-known in the art rock scene. And But they took a long time in making their album. And they, in fact, were a trio for a long time before George Harrison uh, finally ditched the Beatles and was like, oh, we're not getting back together, are we? Oh, I better join another band. So he came over straight from Liverpool, like, because they were playing all the little clubs over there. Yeah, yeah. No, he came over from the train and was like, I've heard about the Talking Heads, love. I just got off the train from Liverpool, you know. So he took, like, the underwater train? Yeah, you've taken that, right? The one that only rich people can take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know about it, but... It's slow, though. It takes like two weeks, but it's super fun. But it's so fun because you're basically like there's all these, uh, you know, all the undersea monsters that you read about that like giant squids. They're all there. They're all there. They're all and they're all partying. Yeah, it's really fun. So in any case, at about 1976 or not about 1976, but in 1976, which I believe is the bicentennial of our great nation. Yeah, yeah. um, Talking Heads as a trio put out their debut single uh and they took a long time to to make a record they in fact like the uh rolling stone magazine talked about how they had been around for a while and everyone knew who they were but they just didn't have a record out so they came out with their first single love goes to building on fire do you want to hear a little bit of that yes i do have you heard this by the way do you know this song uh, I would imagine I've heard this. Yeah. Okay. I know we're very unprepared for this show. Yeah. But let's see. <laughs> let's see if. Uh, let's hear a little bit of it. This is. I love this song. Let's hear a little bit of "Love Goes to Building on Fire." This is their first single. This is that version too, right? This is it. When my love stands next to your love. Yeah, this is awesome. I can't compare love when it's not love. Building, which is on fire, on fire. My love, thanks to your love, 
This is really good. Yeah, it's terrific. This is like a lost classic. Yeah, I say lost because they just they put it out as a single. Oh, let's hear this part. Yeah, this is, and they put this on the like special edition of their first album. They finally just so what happened with this song is they put it out as a vinyl single, and then you couldn't get it anywhere. My friend told me about it. Um, well, I mean, this leads me to ask a question when we're talking about friends telling each other about things, and it 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 really. I mean, I don't think we can go any further without me asking this. Oh, what? Adam, which is, when did you first hear of Talking Heads? Oh, that's a great question. Um, probably around the time, again, like with a lot of these bands, when they when they kind of blew up uh, mainstream style, because um, I was, well, it was like Speaking in Tongues was their first like huge, that was their like Joshua Tree, right? Uh, speaking in tongues had burning down the house, so it was, and that's their biggest single. So yeah, it, 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 it was, it was kind of their Joshua Tree, but I, I would argue that Stop Making Sense was really their Joshua Tree. Yeah, but I mean, that was that them having like a giant top ten single. I would assume it was that big. The first time you ever heard of them, probably. And then Stop Making Sense was where it like cemented like, oh, these guys. We li- I listened to that album. Who has constantly. eight thumbs and is in a band called Talking Heads. These guys. These guys. Um, how about you? Uh, the first time I ever saw them, I saw the Once in a Lifetime video back in probably 1982 or 83 mm-hmm. on, on that video show that I used to watch after school. And I thought it was really cool, and and I liked how David Byrne looked, and he was dancing really interestingly, and I sort of filed it away in my head. Um, And then I heard Burning Down the House, and I don't even think that I necessarily put it together that it was Talking Heads and the same guy. I think I just, like, everyone kind of knew that song because it was a big hit. Yeah. And then, really, it was Stop Making Sense. When that album came out, my friend, who was two years older than me in high school— uh, he knew a lot of really great music and introduced me to a lot. And I think that he had that record and I borrowed it. And Stop Making Sense was just, that the the soundtrack album was just huge for me. And I listened to it for months and months on end, got to know all the music before I ever saw the, the movie. Yeah, me too. And And became a huge Talking Heads fan after that and went back and got all of the records and then became you know, obsessed with them, uh, for now, uh, 35 years at this point is I've been a fan. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that's, that's how it lines up. So do you remember the first record you bought by them? That's a really good question because my brother had, had, uh, you're welcome. My brother had everything and I would just sort of listen to his stuff. But I think the, the first one I needed my own copy of, so I could play whenever I wanted was probably stop making sense. Okay. So speaking of friends though, um, although I don't know that we were, but uh, calling it back to love goes to building on fire. The, my, my friend told me about this song. First of all, let's talk about the title. Love goes to building on fire. It's when I say goes to, they like an art school band and talking heads are an art school band. You know, Mm -hmm. I think three, if not four of the members went to art school and they were all playing with 
uh, conventions of what should an album cover be? What should a title be? What should song lyrics even be about? This song uh, uses an arrow. So it's the word love, and then you see an arrow pointing to building on fire. Right. And my friend, I remember my friend talking about this song, Love Goes to Building on Fire, because he knew I liked Talking Heads. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Love Goes to Building on Fire. What is that? He's like, oh, you got to hear it. But the only place you could find it was either the original single, or I think it was on uh, uh, an album called uh, Attack of the Killer Bees, which was all like B-sides or something. Mm. So it was really rare. And until uh, Sand in the Vaseline, which came out in like 92, it was never available on CD. So the minute it came out in 92, though, I, I heard it, and um, it's such a great track. Just a lot. That's what I mean when I say Lost Classic. It is uh, pretty incredible, especially it's like Radio Free Europe or whatever, um, Out of Control. It's like these brand new bands first time they're able to just even record a song and it's so great it's usually doesn't really go that way it's usually super shitty at first i wonder why they didn't put it on their debut record though it is on the oh no it's not you're right it's a bonus track i don't know well if we had done any kind of research yeah maybe we could talk about it (laughs) maybe at some point we'll get chris farts in here and we'll be able to talk to him (laughs) which by the way he has an uh, a memoir coming out at the end of this month. Nuh-uh. Yeah. So we and it's all about he it, he's like it, I think it's called My Loves or I can't remember what it is, but it's like Talking Heads, Tom Tom Club, Tina. Oh, like great. it's it's a, it's about those three things. So count me in. I'm excited about that. That can only inform some of the stuff that we're talking about on this show. Um Talking Heads, what do you what do you like about him? You know, I always liked their their weirdness and everything, but I think m- mostly I have always loved their catchy pop songs. Like they write, remember like five years ago, I got back into- 2015? Tr- 2015. I got back into True Stories, which is- Oh, you, you know, did? Not really the Talking Heads album you usually reach for, but holy shit, are there great songs on that album. So you started reaching for this. How, how far did you have to reach? Well, um- I keep all of my Talking Heads albums uh, separate from the others, and I keep it on a really high shelf. Mm. And so it's actually quite a reach. Uh, and True Stories is the highest one, which is why I wouldn't think to reach for it as often. Mm. So you're always going low. A lot of people would reach for the the top thing on a stack of things. Mm-hmm as that is the easiest because you're not disturbing the stack. Yeah. But you reach for the bottom thing on the That's stack right. normally. Should we start listening to this first debut no, album? because you didn't ask me the question that I asked you, which I think oh. is really rude. The only reason I asked it to you is because I wanted you to ask me. Of course, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> Scott, why do you like the talking head so much? <laughs> um, You know, when I saw it, when I, when I first saw them, it it really seemed like... Here was here was a group that was doing things differently at a time in my life when I was 15 where I was like really interested in people doing things differently. That's the year that I got into David Letterman, the original Late Night with David Letterman show. Um, and and he was playing around with conventions and was not conventionally good looking. Although, Mr. Letterman, if you're listening, I'm sorry to slam you like that here on mm-hmm. our first episode. I know you're probably listening since we worked together on the Between Two Ferns film, and I apologize. Um, but 
You know, I just, that that Stop Making Sense record, I remember the sleeve had a lot of interesting things that David Byrne wrote on it about music itself. And I remember one of them saying, lyrics are just a trick to, to make us keep listening to music, hmm. um, which I've always thought about whenever you hear an instrumental. It's kind of like, yeah, it's fine, but what about adding some lyrics to it and making a song out of it? Hmm. Um and just his dancing and everything seemed different about them. And and the lyrics, when you start really examining them, are all about these sort of quotidian areas of life that no one, you know, usually when people are making songs, they're trying to make them important. You know, like, this has got to be the greatest love song ever written. Or I heard this song yesterday, which was, I'm proud to be an American, because at least I know I'm free. And I know to stand up. Next and it's always like trying to be about the most grandiose statement that you can make. And instead, these guys were singing about minutia. Yeah. I mean, their second album is called More Songs About Buildings and Food. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just really gravitated towards them as sort of like art rock weirdos, which is even though I was uh, the descendant of simple country folk, um, and, uh, I had art school aspirations and, and wanted to be, uh, 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 some kind of artist who knew what type of, I mean, who knew that it would lead me here to being on a zoom call with you <laughs> during, a the apocalypse <laughs> during as one of the last pieces of entertainment ever to come <laughs> out until this human race is extinguished. Well, I think I can speak for everyone on planet earth when I say you're welcome. <laughs> Um, tell you what, that's why we like Talking Heads, but we do need to take a break before we get into the record. When we come back, we will be talking about the record Talking Heads 77. Let's hear a little bit from that album that uh, Adam reached for recently. This is off of True Stories. We'll be right back with more You Talking talking Heads to my talking head. We'll be right back. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta, because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Welcome back. You talking, talking heads to my talking head. This is the song called Radio Head, which, a little bit of music trivia. Adam, I know you wanted to say it, so I'll let you say it. Go ahead. You know what? Go ahead, Scott. This is the song where Radiohead got their name. Oh, my God. They were called on a Friday before. And then they said, let's change it to Radiohead because of the Talking Heads song. It's better Radiohead. a better name for a band. Definitely. Although they took out the uh, little space bar in between the radio and head, did they not? It's one word now for the, for the title. <laughs> they, remember how Radiohead used to open up all their shows and, they, and everyone would clap like, ladies and gentlemen, Radiohead. <sighs> then they come out and bow and, and wave to everyone like, thank you, please be quiet. You, we you, have something you. to say. Yeah. And they'd say, 
It's one word now. Oh yeah, they used to they used to project it on a screen behind them. Even when they were incredible. a little band playing clubs, it just said it's one word now. <laughs> it's one word now. Um, we we should get to their debut album, Talking Heads: Colon Seventy Seven. I I always thought that this was was just called Seventy Seven, but I believe uh, the official title is Talking Heads Seventy Seven. As of in, of course like, it is, Scott. Come uh-huh. on. Come on, man. All I you know, when I when I got the record, you look at the 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 album and it says Talking Heads 77. And so you think, okay, Talking Heads is the name. Who cares? Right. I guess um, I always thought it was because it had 77 songs on it. <laughs> I mean, in a way it does if you break up these, you know, eleven into, you know, seven chunks. Yeah, that's what I always did was I I just broke it up into 77 songs. So you would stop listening after one-seventh of each song. Well, I thought that's what you were supposed to do because it was called 77, but This first song is two minutes and 50 seconds, so it's 170 seconds. So if you divide that seven to that, you'd break it up after approximately 24 seconds. Not approximately, but exactly. And then I would take a (laughs) four-minute break and then listen to the rest. (laughs) What would you do during that four-minute break? Push-ups. (laughs) <laughs> you're by the way i gotta tell you i've i've known you for a long time and your your body yeah looks fucking good right is that okay to say it's because it's a it's a regiment i'm i'm gonna monetize at some point it's called splitting every album up into 77 parts <laughs> and doing 77 push-ups in between each part precisely um all right let's listen to some of this right. music uh this is the this is track as far as I'm concerned, this is track one of Talking Heads 77. By the way, but at this time, Jerry, uh, I'm sorry, George Harrison has joined the band. Yes. He was not there for the debut single. He comes in for this. This is track one. This is, uh-oh, Love Comes to Town. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, this is great. What do you think, Adam? I love this song. I think it's terrific and weird. Like you were saying, that like steel drum coming, coming in. Yeah, in the middle of this like New York for, art for a rock band is really weird. Th- this is like kind of their their most down down to its basic elements album. I would say uh, of of this. You know, they, there's not a lot of 
additional instrumentation in this album. This is sort of the classic, like, four-piece. Yeah, for sure. It's like but their live the same, sound, more or less, maybe. Yeah, their live sound. But what's weird is so many of the songs have these interesting additions. The very first song has this kind of steel pan drum, and you would go, oh, are they a band that has this drum on every song? But they're not. It's just for this. It's really cool. So I'm going to be quoting from the Pitchfork. Um, I'll let it play a little bit. From the Pitchfork uh, reviews that, that you mentioned, which is why you wanted to do this That's show. That's right. <laughs> um, I sure did. <laughs> uh, the They're talking about like, okay, so art school. What are they saying about what they're doing? And this is a love song, but it, it has the uh-oh in there as in like, a sort of detached observer of like, oh no, love is here. Love comes to town. Um, and, and let me quote from this article. Parsing the blend of sincerity and irony in any Talking Head song is difficult, but you never doubt their belief in the music. So that's kind of an interesting thing about their lyrics is their, you know, how much of it is... David Byrne kind of, kind of has this thing of like, detached yes uh sort of naivete about subjects and uh it certainly is here in the lyrics to this song where it's it sounds like a person who's never really been in love and and kind of amazed at what's happening but it it also is straddling that line of being a sincere love song as well yeah it's very much a view from above of like looking at humanity and just being like huh this is very weird and interesting what humans do it's like sort of he carries it through their whole career too of this kind of observational how much of that it has to do with him being like living in canada Did, did any of that pick up like where he, I have no idea if he felt like an outsider there, or is it just is he, it, would he consider himself to be mainly from Maryland? Hmm. I don't know. Should we ask him? Yeah, we should. Hey, little Davy Berg, come on this show. We'd love to have you. One question, and then you can leave. <laughs> yeah, that, that not not only can leave, but should leave. We're gonna make you leave <laughs> for sure. Um, I I feel like we should talk about another band in the CBGB scene, which is television, which I think they have a very strong television influence. And television's first record came out the year before. And George Harrison is really into television and he references them a lot. And I just I really think that a lot of their sort of dual guitar work is and songwriting structure in a way is based off of television. So if you haven't heard Marky Moon, check that out because that record is amazing and came out the year before this. If this is appealing at all to you. All right, so let's go to track two. This is New Feeling. Oh, 
love the dual guitar stuff. Like, I feel like Lil Davy Berg is on the left and George Harrison's on the right, but it could be backwards. But I, I, I love the sort of scratchy guitars and each of them doing something really unique and interesting. I just love how fresh this sounds. I mean, this does not sound dated whatsoever. The lyrics, uh, it's a million years ago. I hear music. It sounds like bells. I feel like my head is high. I wish I could meet everyone, meet them all over again. Um, not sure quite. Not quite sure what he's talking about, but obviously. There's also, yeah, there's a paranoia as well in a lot of his lyrics. I think fear of music may be where they them at their most yeah. paranoid but it's definitely here too like this sort of in- insecurity as well as uh, just sort of this distrust of of people as well as sort and of his voice is yelping odd. in in a way that is like highlighting that yeah. in a way yeah um do you want to hear a little bit of the alternate version of that by the way just to hear how different it sure. sounds here's a little bit of the alternate version of new feeling I believe they're counting it off or it's fading up here it goes what? Horn horn sech. It's not so there are uh there are approximately four alternate versions of the songs <laughs> on these and most of them have like additional instrumentation that they then convince the producer not to put on the record. Yeah, because this is before they hook up with old Sourpuss. Yeah, but what's interesting is sometimes it works. Like, uh uh-oh, Love Comes to Town, you have the steel pan drum. Yeah. But then on Psycho Killer, when we come to that, I'll play the alternate version. And, like, I kind of like this. I like the horns. Yeah, I like it too. But they... We should talk about the producer, by the way. Um, This is their first record, and it is produced by a gentleman named Tony Bongiovi. Bongiovi. Spelled B-O-N-G-I-O-V-I. And if you're sitting here thinking, that sounds like Bon Jovi, you are not far off because Tony Bongiovi's cousin is a man named John Bongiovi. Seriously? Who uh, changed his name later to John Bon Jovi. And uh, Tony Bongiovi, he was a he was sort of like a disco hmm. uh, producer. He produced uh, like Gloria Gaynor records before this, I think. And then hmm. he did this Talking Heads album, and I think he did some Ramon stuff. But interestingly enough, he gave John Bongiovi one of his first jobs when he made the Star Wars Christmas album, which is fucking horrible. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Bongiovi is one of the backup singers on that. Wow. So he was a real like music guy like he was just around he's like, yeah i think he's 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 like a session guy or a session producer or something like that i don't know what wh- how he got hooked up with the band maybe the uh chris farts's book will talk about it um but uh yeah it's interesting huh I but mean, it's before uh, they had found their sort of place and they were just kind of looking for someone who could record their album maybe yeah and he did their first single and so it seemed like they had an okay yeah. time with him and ed ed stasium uh was the engineer and he did ramon stuff so i think i think maybe these guys were like uh around the cbc because they find or something they find you know brian eno old sourpuss pretty quick like old, i think the next yeah. record uh, by is- the way if you've heard our other shows old sourpuss 
is going to be looming large oh, yeah. over this show. Can we yeah. just say you're going to be getting plenty of his, hey, I just sucked on a lemon attitude uh, in further episodes of you talking, talking heads to my talking head. Um, so anyway, so let's go to track three. This is Tentative Decisions. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love this shit. Weirdly enough, this is one that never really stuck with me. This is this was always maybe my least. Well, favorite here's on the, the thing: is that starting with this song, and and I, I love this chorus or this, mm-hmm. I guess is a pre-chorus, but this whole kind of midsection I love. But I feel like the yeah. album as a whole, um, starting here, um, probably up through you're already getting into resequence well i just feel like it sort of starts feeling samey for a while here for four or five songs and then ends really well i i i I know what you mean i i do i do wonder why they put the last song as the last song but uh you know i never really thought much about this song until i read that that uh, uh during the break i read the pitchfork review where it talks about how uh david berg does his first instance of sort of his call and response uh-huh. to different voices where where um, maybe I'm going to go back to the first minute and I'll show you what, what I mean. So soul music uh, had like a main singer who would sing something in his voice like ba-da-ba-da-ba and then the backup singers would mm-hmm. repeat it and that was kind of a staple of uh, soul music and what David Byrne was doing is he was doing both parts. Right. And so he does his low voice and then he does mm-hmm. his high voice as kind of a call and response thing. So let me play part of that and you can hear what he does because he does it more famously on another song later that we'll be talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's doing both, which was a, an art school spin on this kind of cliche in music, which I think is really interesting. And then also that Pitchfork review talked about how the end of the song basically invents house music a full decade before house music comes around. So here, let's hear the end of the song. Oh, that's so funny. Happy Mondays. That's crazy. This is exactly, and, and, Tina and Chris work with Happy Mondays as producers in the future, which I think is really... That's very Tom Tom Clubby, too. Yeah. So I had never really been that into the song, but after I read that, I, it, it gave me a, uh, a, a better appreciation yeah. of it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, this is track four. This is Happy Day. This is a great one, I think. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
the piano, Jerry Harrison, or George Harrison. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I remember I got really into the George Harrison uh, solo record that he had out in like the late 80s. Got my mind set on you. (laughs) Cloud nine. This sounds different enough that I think it's not samey here. It's a different feel. Yeah, I I like I, I feel like Brian Ill Sourpuss really cements their sound and kind of pulls all their potential to the surface a bit more than this. I think this is terrific, but like you said, it's sort of more or less their live sound. Meat potatoes. I love this song. Um, let's burn through these. We next go to track number five. Who is it? Who is Which, it? Which uh, shares shares its title with a Michael Jackson song called mm-hmm. Who Is It? I wonder if that's a coincidence. 100%. <laughs> a coincidence, yes. Yeah, this is awesome. Very danceable. You got the, the bass and the drums are so danceable. Just very early it? talking heads. What is it? I don't know what why I would it? say something like that. It's really <laughs> insane that's, thing to say. That's present day yeah. Adam saying, saying something, something <laughs> that is just a fact, as if he, it's a discovery <laughs> of some sort. Uh, this is the last track on side one. This is no compassion. Very television here, mm-hmm. I think. Like knowing the, where the Talking Heads end up going, this sounds like a song to me that this may be what it sounds like live, but in the studio, they would have so many more instruments. They would have put out yeah, some stuff. Yeah, it would just be. Goes into yeah. a new part here. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's great. I mean, come on. It's great. That's how. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's great. That's. That's the uh, the first side, and uh, many would say side two is better. Who knows? Uh, let's hear. This is the first track on side two, but this is track seven on the CD. This is the, the book, book I read. I read.
I like how he's saying, I have to sing a song about the book yeah. I read. <laughs> and then it turns into personal of like, I was so excited when I found out you wrote the book I read. Good shit. Yep. Good shit. This is um, Don't Worry About the Government, which I think is another entry into his sort of like naive outsider who's sort of under the sway of what mm-hmm. society tells With him. With some paranoia thrown in. Oh, I love this. Yeah, this is terrific. This is, I mean, That's one of their best. I so think. great. All three parts of it are yep. great, and the lyrics are so talking yep. heads of like, it's just so a good. classic. The next track is First Week slash Last Week Ellipsis Carefree. First Week, Last Week Carefree. Can we run that not been able to ever really get yeah, into this one. It's, a, it's fine. You want to hear the uh, alternate version? See what the if there's additional instrumentation to, to be had on it? Let's see. A little studio chatter. Yeah, I don't know. Next song is a classic, Not too though. different. Boy, you said one complete mouthful, and it is just dribbling all out at the sides mm. of your mouth. Um, this is possibly one of their top three songs that people know of Talking Heads. This is Psycho Killer. We talked about it before with the French lyrics, and this is the original version. This is Psycho Killer. I mean, this could have opened the album. Yeah, the sequencing on this is a little strange. Should we do a resequence? Hmm. I would do one. Although this is such a great album, I don't know. I feel like REM uh, with you, where I'm afraid to touch it, but 
Um, I think maybe there are later ones I could resequence. Let's hear the the acoustic version, because okay, yeah. So we we've all heard this this many times, but the uh, the it's more of an alternate version. The version I grew up with was the stop making sense version. I knew that way more yes. than any other. Um, this is an interesting version. It it essentially just adds a cello, hmm. and the cello uh, is performed by Arthur Russell. Um, but it's interesting, and but they 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 asked that it be the more simple version, which is the classic version. But but this version is interesting. So I I don't know where I fall on which one I like better. Oh yeah. Seem to face up to the I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax. I can't sleep because my bed's on fire. Don't touch me, I'm a real life wire. Psycho killer. Yeah, I like them both. I mean, maybe they wanted to put out most of the album with just the sparse sound so that anytime they broke out of that, like with the steel pan drum, it would be yeah. interesting or something. But it's, but I, I do think the cello is additive on that. Uh, and I like it. I don't know. But anyway, it became a, it became a classic song without it. So you know, who the fuck are we? Um, this is the last track, and this is one of the best songs on the record, and yet it is the final track. So who knows why? But this is pulled up, and this was a single. This was popular. I like a... An energetic finish. I like sure it. you do. <laughs> With your number two. <laughs> Let's hear the chorus. Here we go. This is such a good song. So I mean, um, where where do we where do we fall on the on the album as a whole, Adam? Considering the breadth of Talking Heads' work. I mean, as we move through their stuff, and I'm really glad we're doing this. But it's been has it been? Uh, 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 I'm not going to say a while, but a period of time indeterminate since you've really heard these records. Yeah, since I've really dove dove in into them, if I may. Or at least dipped your toe, even your your big toe. Dipped my toe, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it because these all these records are fantastic. This was um, so I I went back after Stop Making Sense and I got all of the early records, and this is the one that I listened to the most. I have to oh, say. it is. Okay. So somehow I I, I remember uh, putting this on a tape on a 45 minute cassette tape. 
And um, I remember driving to Arizona for Christmas one year and just listening to this on repeat where it would just like, uh, I would, I, I think I listened to whatever was on the other side of the tape and then went back and just really listened to this over and over and over. And for me, this has some of their best songs. It is their live sound. It's, but every song is kind of simple in a way. Like most of the songs yeah. are about three minutes, you know, two and a half, some of them. Um, and it just, it's so catchy and it's so talking heads. This is, for some reason, this was the early album that I gravitated to the most and I have the most uh, fond memories of. That's cool. Mine is Fear of Music of those early ones. It's just the one I ended up getting the, at, listening the, to most, the most into. Yeah. yeah, it was really stony and weird and good. Um, but for whatever reason, this one sort of blended into that live album. The name of this band is Talking Heads, which is right. kind of this period. It all sounds the first record um, on that is, of, yeah. a, of a time and it's all great. But um, this as an album, I, I never like listened to it. Uh, as an album as much as just kind of jumping in here and there. So it's cool to hear it all out like this. Well, for the next record, we should listen to it before we decide to do a show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but this, uh, I was confident going in because this is one of my favorites. I won't say exactly where I would rank it. but And if you have time, listen to the expanded version because there's a couple of demos on it, Sugar on My Tongue and I Want to Live. That's not on the expanded version for some reason. It's on their Sand in the Vaseline or other mm. compilations. But those are classic early Talking Head songs, as well as uh, uh, I Feel It in My Heart, which is a B-side. Some really great stuff. Um, but we do have to wrap it up. And um, Adam, I got to say, I'm uh, I'm happy we did this. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm 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 maybe more excited, uh, and I'll do. Are we going to stick with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe next week we'll change it to uh, something else. But <laughs> I think we should. I think we should see this one through. Let's see it through. Let's listen to their next record. Um, our, I guess our next episode will be more songs about building and food. So you can all listen to it, and we will listen to it, or you can just hear us talk about it. Um, yep. We're gonna have to go. Um, but you know what we say? Until next time, we hope that you found what you're looking for. Bye. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating handfuls of thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag, taking a bite out of an irresistibly bold block of extra-sharp cheddar cheese. (sighs) We know you want to get back to streaming, but wasn't it nice to daydream about cheese for a bit? Tillamook cheddar. Extraordinary dairy.